Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at Thank you. Let's, let's thank the worship team. They do such an amazing job. I love that song. You know, when I came to the Lord back way back in the day, Keith Green was, he was bigger than life, you know. I mean, created me a clean heart, oh God. So, um, hello. So it is the last day of January, 2021. Can you believe it? It is crazy. Um, We have been talking about spiritual disciplines in uh, the sermon series starting in January. And are you guys enjoying the spiritual disciplines? Cool. Um, That was about 15 of you that are enjoying it. How many of you like the spiritual disciplines? Okay, cool, cool. Well, um, in the New Testament, it talks about the blessings of God. And we've already been talking about that today and, and, you know, us receiving blessings and such a cool story that Ellen told and, and, you know, other people giving blessings. How cool is that? Today, I want to talk to you about stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God. And uh, kind of as a preamble, I have a couple of scriptures that the Lord kind of dropped in my spirit. And, and so I kind of want to challenge you, encourage you, Uh, for 2021 with these scriptures. The first one is from Jeremiah, and the setting is when they were, the Israelites were in Babylon. And Jeremiah wanted to speak a word of encouragement, or God did, through Jeremiah. And so um, this prophecy came forth, and and this specific verse, which uh, is kind of my lifetime verse really, all the verses in the Bible for salvation, this is it for me. And it's from Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Now, I believe that uh, I really felt like the Lord impressed upon me to say to you as an individual and to this congregation that in 2021, let's seek the Lord with all of our hearts. You know, that, that if you will seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so, you know, if, if you're struggling in your life in any way, seek the Lord with all of your heart. And, and, and let this be the year for it. And then there was another scripture, and that is Psalm 63, 6 through 8. And it says this, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. You know, God can come to you at any time of the day or the night. 
and, and, you know, I'm always waking up, it seems like, at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, 2.30 a.m. It's just, and, and sometimes I just give up, and I get up, you know, and, and I just spend time with the Lord. But, but God can come to you at any time, and I believe that in 2021, please hear me, I believe that in 2021, you're going to receive great empowerment from the Lord, that in the middle of the night, in, 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 even in the middle of the day, at noontime, whenever, I just believe like the Lord's going to drop into your spirit um, uh, revelations and prophetic words and, and whatever he wants to say to you. He might whisper it to you. He might shout it to you. It might come through somebody else. But God wants to bless you in 2021. You know, if, if, if 2020 was Babylon in a sense, you know, if we can go there, like, like wow, we don't want to be there again, then let this be the year of release in the sense, you know, that, that comes to the people of God at Capitol Church. Now, so have that attitude. Now, the, the verse that we're going to focus on here in 2 Timothy 1.6, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, and he says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, Pastor Shane talked about memory, remembering things uh, a week or two ago. You know, and so, so basically, uh, Paul is saying to, to Timothy right here, remember what happened to you. you know? And so I think sometimes God wants to say to, that to us, remember what happened to you. You know, and, and so, so basically, therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, I'm going to use the Timothy model here, and, and sometimes we think of Timothy in Christian circles as, oh, well, you, you, you speak about him to um, young Christian pastors or Christian leaders or, or whatever. But the reality of it is, is that First and Second Timothy and Titus were written for all Christians. You know, they weren't just written for pastors that were back in that day. They're written for all of us. In Revelation, it calls us kings and priests. If you were a servant of the living God, if you were a Christian here today, then God labels you a king and a priest. And so we pretty much need to put on our crown, so to speak, you know, of authority, if you will, and, and to put on our robes of righteousness, of the royal priesthood, and to walk in our lives it, wherever we're at, in school, in university, at our jobs, in our homes, wherever we are at in society, God wants us to be kings and priests. And so, um, yeah, so, sorry, I got to follow my notes, so. I'm not like Pastor Chris where I just get up here and just have it all memorized, you know. So the idea of stirring up, okay, stirring up is, is, comes from the Greek word to rekindle. And it is the idea, how many of you were scouts, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, whatever? So yeah, look at all those hands. So, so remember, you had to learn how to start a, a campfire. And even when it was raining, cats and dogs, you had to start that campfire. And, and so I was an Eagle Scout, so I actually learned how to do that. But it is the idea of stirring up that fire. You know, it could be like a bellows that is coming in, is blowing on the fire. But it's also this idea of taking a stick or a poker, whatever, and stirring up the fire. And, and so think about that. Now, it says in um, Ma Matthew 3.11 G uh, that he, meaning Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit 
and fire. Now, now that word fire, of course, is to invigorate us, but it is also to illuminate us, to search out every single area of our heart and our life so that we understand what the Lord is doing and what he's talking about. And so he can see every single angle of it. It says in Barnes' commentary, however rich the gifts which God has bestowed upon us, they do not grow of their own accord, but need to be cultivated by our own personal care. So God can give you a gift. And by the way, God does give you gifts. You, you, might, you might say, oh, well, I don't have any gifts. Oh, yes, you do. There there's so many gifts that God gives us. But um, when he gives us those gifts, we have to cultivate them. Now, I was kind of impressed not only by verse 6 of Timothy, but verse 7. It says, um, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For, everybody say for. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So those two are connected together. You know, and, and so basically, that's how you kind of stir up that gift. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> so, you know, when I started in the ministry like 40 plus years ago, kind of shows you my age. I'm an old guy, so what can I say? But when I did... Um, I started off as a school teacher in a Christian school. In fact, Willow Newelt was one of my students right here. Oh, sorry. That's what I said. Isn't that what I said? Well, Willow Maurice was one of my students, right? So way back when in the day. And I actually got my degree in elementary education. I was asked to start this school at this church way up in northern Idaho near the Canadian border. And so I did that. And I ran that school for many years. And so I am a, a school teacher, an elementary school teacher, and I have a job for you to do here this morning, okay? So I'd like you all to stand up, and we're going to do a little exercise, please. And you can set down all of your phones and your iPods and your, you know, whatever you have, your, your Bibles and, and all of that. I know, I know. Whew, time goes by. Okay, so... I want you to stir up, okay? So, so you're going to do some activity with me, all right? And, and so it's kind of like you're going to take your hands and you're going to stir up the fire. Okay, so stir up. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You guys are doing it. Thank you. Look, you're doing it. So, hey, hey, hey that's all right. That's good. So you're going to stir up. Okay, so stir up. And then you're going to lift up your hands. You're going to lift the gift up that God is giving you. It's going to like you're receiving the gift, rather, that God is giving you. Okay, so the gift of God. And then you're going to point to yourself in me. Okay, so once again, it's stir up the gift of God in me. Wow, this is good. You guys should, I, I should take like a video of you guys. Okay, so, so, okay, so let's do it again. Okay, we're going to do it like three times here. Okay, so stir up. The gift of God in me. Okay, a little louder. Stir up the gift of God in me. One more time. Stir up the gift of God in me. Okay, now, now this time you aren't going to focus on me. Now you're going to focus on the Lord. Okay, and, and this time it's going to be your prayer. 
So, so we're going to start kind of soft, and we're going to build each time. And so here we go. Stir up the gift of God in me. Make it your prayer. Stir up the gift of God in me. Stir up the gift of God in me. One more time. Stir up the gift of God in me. Yes, Lord, do it, I pray. All over this room, oh God. Stir up the gift of God, I pray. In the people of God. Stir it up, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, you can be seated. So the Greek word gift is charisma. Many of you probably know that. So, you know, that's why we're charismatics, because we believe in the gifts of God. And the word charisma means gratuity, endowment, religious qualification, or I really like this one, miraculous faculty. So inside of you, realize, there is miraculous faculty inside of your lives, is miraculous faculty. And now there's an alternative meaning to the word gift that most people never really think about. And it is the idea of deliverance from danger or passion. So God sometimes delivers us. That's basically what salvation is. <laughs> salvation, uh, you know, it, it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, so God is delivering us. He's, he's delivering us from something, and, and he's saving us. Uh, and, and so that's an idea of, of him kind of preventing something. Do you know how many times, probably, something could have happened in your life if you hadn't given your life to Jesus Christ and walked in the way that he wanted you to go? You know, I, I think back upon the day, some of you have heard my wild testimony, you know, from the hippie days way back when, and, and you know, the way I could have gone, and, and thank God that he rescued me from, from that time and from those, those types of things. So God gives a gift or gifts to his children, and in a real sense, um, these gifts are miraculous, just kind of like, I don't know if you remember in, in school, elementary school, like... I, when I was a kid, we had to plant lima beans in the soil. We had to get a little pot of, of soil and plant lima beans. You guys remember that? And, you, and you'd watch the beans sprout up, and, and you'd water them, and you'd nurture them. And there was life that would happen, and it was the miracle. Well, it's just like that in your hearts. These, these gifts are put into your hearts, and they are seeds. And as you nurture them and water them, they will grow up in your life. They will grow up in your life. And um, think of it this way. So think of the gift this way. Um, think of a, of a mom. This is the illustration I came up with. So think of a mom, and she has a son who has a birthday party. And so at his birthday party, um, her son's birthday party, she gives him a gift. And he opens it up, and he's so excited about it. Well, now the next day, um, they are on the streets of Boise, downtown, and it's busy, and there's traffic going every single way, and this little boy is kind of rambunctious. Maybe you have kids like that, um, and, and then while he's standing on the street corner and the light is red, he doesn't think about it, and he starts to step off into 
the traffic. And his mom grabs his collar and pulls him back as a car goes racing by. That is deliverance from. And so, you know, there, there is a gift that God gives you and there are things that God keeps you from in your life. And we, we really need to remember that. You know, when we walk in his way, he is delivering us from something else that could have been our other path in life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so he doesn't always tell us. Remember, you've ever seen that, I don't know if it was a movie or whatever, a commercial or whatever, and it was just some mom, and she was on the phone, and the whole point was she said, because I said to, you know. I mean, that was pretty much what she said. Because I said to. She was obviously talking to one of her kids. And so that's sometimes the way it is. God might not give us a lot of other information. You know, we're sitting there questioning, going, why, 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 why? Because I told you to, you know. Because he knows what's best for us. See, so just keep that in mind the next time that you want to do something that he doesn't want you to do. 1 Timothy 4.14. Now this is Timothy's gift, once again, where Paul says to him, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So this would be maybe like a prophetic setting. Uh, oh, maybe the presbyteries come in, which is, would be a group of prophets uh, that have come in and they are prophesying over people. There might be some laying on of hands, some prophetic words that are given and ministered to. And this specifically to Timothy was like an unction for him because he was young in the ministry. He was being set in to pastor a church. We don't really know how old he was, but he was obviously young because it says so in Scripture that he was young. You know, let no one despise your youth. And, and so he was obviously concerned about that, and he was taking on a big responsibility. And so they were, they were uh, prophesying and, and, and empowering him with courage and authority and wisdom. And um, in the Old Testament now, just kind of going along this line here of blessings and, and the laying on of hands, we see that it was the fathers in the Old Testament that would lay hands upon their children and bless them in the name of the Lord. And you know, we should still do that to this very day. We should lay hands upon our newborn sons, right? And, and our children. Actually, I was looking at Garrison. But um, so, <laughs> so we should lay hands upon them. And, and we should pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ, the blessing of God upon them, right? And, and so when, um, when this happened, quite often a prophetic word would come. God would give a prophetic word to the father and he would speak it into his son's life. You can read through Genesis and it's kind of all over the place. Well, now I want you to understand that you are the children of God. In a very real sense, Galatians 4, 6 says, for God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. So your heavenly father, and this isn't even symbolic, your heavenly father lays his hands upon you, and he blesses you, and he prophesies over you, and he speaks into your spirits and your heart and into your lives and, and everything about you, and he encourages you. This is how God blesses. Now, then we see this charge to Timothy, 
which um, I believe is actually, we can all receive it. This was a specific charge to Timothy, but I kind of would like us to kind of go, okay, this is a good charge for any Christian of any time. And so in 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. Wow. So there's different parts to this. I kind of see four different parts to this, and I kind of want to walk through them. And once again, I believe we should all take this charge in our life, uh, this prophetic charge, if you will. And the first one is to wage the good warfare. You know, whether it happens to you today or tomorrow, I mean, I had it happen in the middle of last night. You know what? The enemy of your life will come, and he will try to attack you, and he will try to discourage you, and you need to wage the good warfare. And and it, it says in Scripture, resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee from you. You know, but you do have to resist. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so when you have that inkling that, wait a minute, things kind of seem to be a little bit strange right here, it's okay to stop and pray to God and ask him and, and to, you know, repel the enemy. So number one is to wage the good warfare. Number two is to have faith. There was a famous philosopher a few hundred years ago named Soren Kierkegaard, a Christian philosopher. And he, he wrote a book, a great book, on Abraham. And he, he said about Abraham that he was a knight of faith, like a knight in shiny armor. And, and so the whole treatise of the book was about Abraham being a knight. And, and basically what uh, Kierkegaard was doing was then he was, he was basically generalizing that to us as Christians that we also should be knights of faith that we should be willing to stand up in the world in whatever circumstances we find ourselves and to put on the armor and to go forward in battle and to be a knight of faith. And so in our lives, you know, we need to expand the faith. Pastor Mark talked about faith this morning. Look, faith grows in our lives. You know, yes, it is a gift that comes to us, but it does grow in our life. And sometimes that growing is very painful and I don't like it. But you know what? We want to walk in the way that Christ wants us to walk in. And so we let that seed be there and we cultivate it and we let the sun come down upon it. And it will, you know, a seed, it's like the time I got saved when I was 14, when I jumped over that stupid chasm and almost died. It was a weed that was coming out of the rock. A little seed in a rock came through. Can you imagine a little weed seed, if you will? you know, that would be so powerful to actually break through a rock so, so that when I was going to fall to my death, there was a weed there to catch me on the way down, you know. <laughs> but, but basically, those little seeds can break through anything in your life. They can break through anything. So that seed of faith, that seed of faith, boy, I could go a whole different direction here. I remember one time I had this dream. Okay. So I will go a different direction. <laughs> so one time I had this dream, and in this dream, we were, we, meaning Christians, we were all down in these holes. We were being plagued by demonic entities and, and, and challenged and everything else, and we were in these holes, and there was a lot of fear. And, I, and each one, each person was in their own little separate hole, and, and, the, and the enemies of us all would come, and they would just try to keep us down. 
And I remember I was in this hole and all of a sudden one of these enemies came to me and, and, and then all of a sudden I noticed something hanging around my neck and I looked down and it was a necklace, right? And, and it was like a seed of faith was at the end of the necklace. Just this little, tiny, minuscule mustard seed of faith was right there. And all of a sudden, it shone with brilliant light. And, and so I, I held it up into the eyes of the enemy, and this light shone forth. And all of a sudden, the enemy got afraid and ran away, and all the enemy started running away. That little seed of faith in your life will move mountains. You just hold it up before the Lord. And then we need to have a good conscience. I really appreciate that song they played. I actually asked them to play that, Create in Me a Clean Heart. Because we need to purify our lives. You know, when, when we are purified, God can do whatever he wants to in our lives. When we walk in that humble way. And also, number four, we see the consequences of those who have strayed from the faith. It's sad, you know? And, and that's kind of like the... The, the, the warning part of the gift. That's kind of like, you know, don't go there, don't do that. And um, it says in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation. Please say that, work out your salvation. With fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. And so, yes, salvation is a gift, but then God expects us to do something with it. You know, he expects us to live our lives according to his will and his way. Now, there are many gifts of God, uh, and certainly there is the gift of the Holy Spirit. I think most of us know that. But even when you get empowered with the gift of the Holy Spirit, there's so many other gifts that fall underneath that canopy. And I have four lists of gifts that are here. I'm going to read through them very quickly. You can simply write down the addresses. There's Romans 12, 6 through 8. There's prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, leading, giving, mercy. Do you know that mercy is a gift? You can ask God for more mercy. Not just for your life, but for others. You can get the gift of mercy so that you can have the compassion for other people. Um, and then there's Ephesians 4.11. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These are five-fold ministries. And, and yet, remember, even though you might not have a title of a five-fold individual in the, in the kingdom of God, you are a king and a priest, you know? I, I kind of like what Dennis Balcom used to do in China. I, I used to... You know, I took a couple teams and we smuggled Bibles into China. And, and Dennis Balcom had led, you know, hundreds of thousands of Chinese to the Lord. And, and so, and we would smuggle them through. Uh, anyway, that's a long story. But, but, but basically, he told me one time that, that they, when somebody got saved in China, and by the way, China, you know, has like 100 million Christians in it today. It's like it's the biggest revival happening in the history of the world. You know, you never hear about it, but, but it's there. And basically, uh, Dennis Balcom said that when somebody gets saved in China, they don't, they don't call them like, okay, you wanted, a, you wanted a, a pastor or a deacon or an elder or whatever. They call them all servants of God, all of them. For the first few years of their life, they are simply servants of the living God. And they will do whatever they have to do as servants of the living God. They will clean toilets, and I mean that literally. They will mop floors, or they will lay their hands upon other people, and they will pray for the deliverance of the Lord. 
Whatever it is that needs to be done, that is what they will do. And so I kind of like that idea. I think we lose some of that sometimes when we think about, you know, lay ministry. So now there's many other gifts that are out there in the Old Testament. There's like musically skilled. God gives music skill to people. He gives artistic ability to people. He gives writing gifts to people, all kinds of things. And these gifts, they aren't just for us. They are for the body of Christ. You know, they certainly will help us in our life, and God can use them, even in our businesses, you know. You get a prophetic word in your business, God uses it to move forward, whatever, but, but it's also for the body of Christ. And don't think that, um, you know, people in leadership don't need to be stirred up too. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is in you. So we all need that at times. Now, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back up, and kind of, I want to start to land this plane. But in doing that, I want to kind of segue into this idea of the revelation of the names of God. Because with this, we see also an aspect of the gifts of God that can be manifested in our lives and, and through us, um, once again, the word charisma means endowment. That's one of the things. So when you start to follow Christ, you become a Christian, right? <laughs> we all know that. Well, uh, when I teach apologetics, I, I often spend time on this. I'll just tell you briefly here. But, but basically, the word uh, Christos, Christ, comes from the Greek word, the root creo. Creo. Can you say that, creo? What the word creo means in this sense is that when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came by and smeared oil, took his thumb, his finger, and smeared oil upon you, upon your life, upon your spirit, upon everything that you are, and he consecrated you to the office of being a servant of the living God. And as you walk forward in your life, you are now a servant of the living God. And your seal that is upon your life is known by all of the enemies that are around. It is known by all of the spirits that are around. It's known by the angels in heaven. And God gives you authority because you are under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now in the Old Testament, the idea is that you know, the name of the Lord was Yahweh. And then in the 17th century, they came up with uh, Jehovah, which is a derivative of that. And that's fine. Um, so we, we know the Lord as Yahweh, as Jehovah, which means the self-existent one who reveals himself. And I just want to give you a few ideas here. He reveals himself as Jehovah Elohim, the eternal creator. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Do you know he's the great creator? He's the great maker. When you lack creative ability in yourself, all you have to do is pick up the phone and call God and say, hey, Lord, can you give me some creative ability? And he will. You know, there, there, he's also called Jehovah Adonai, sovereign master. Genesis 15, 2. But Abraham said, the Lord... Uh, but Lord, what will you give me seeing I am childless? Childless. At this time, he was childless. You know, kind of like Pastor Kristen Kelly used to be. Uh, you know, but, but all of a sudden, God can do miracles. 
and, and can bring, and in Abraham's case, brought, you know, Isaac, eventually in the timing of the Lord. And so when you are struggling with direction, simply ask the Holy Spirit for direction, you know? Uh, he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Genesis 22:14. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. Jehovah Rofika, he is our healer. Can you please say Jehovah Rofika? He is your healer. Exodus 15, 26, for I am the Lord who heals you. He is Jehovah Nisi, our banner. Exodus 17, uh, 15, and Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. You know, when you're feeling a lack of significance in your life, simply pray to God and he will put a banner of significance over you. He will show you your purpose in the kingdom of God. There is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. The Holy Spirit can help us resolve conflicts and lead you into peace. And there's so many others. I just have a list of them here. Jehovah Shereb, the Lord, our sword. Uh, Jehovah Magan, the Lord, the shield. There is Jehovah Kabodi, that's like the Lord's glory coming and resting in this place. There is Jehovah Sali, the Lord, my rock. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. Jehovah Ori, the Lord, my light. I know we could spend a whole service on just the names of God. But I want you to understand when you walk in the name of the Lord, when you come into any situation in your life, you are bringing into that the presence of the Lord. It says, um, just a couple more scriptures here, Proverbs 18, 10, the name, I love this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and are safe. When you run into the name of the Lord, when you run into the Lord, his name is there is all powerful. I think we sang a song today about that, all powerful. There's power, there's power in the name of the Lord. <laughs> there's power in the name of the Lord. And then, and then I kind of like to marry these two together because it says, Psalm 11 or 113, two says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Please say that with me, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, now look at this one, Psalm 118, 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So, so not only is the Lord blessed, but when you walk into the situations of your life and you are walking under, uh, under the cloud or the fire of the Holy Spirit, when you walk into those situations, the presence of the Lord is in your life. The name and the power of the name and the authority of the name is all over your life. The Holy Spirit has smeared you with oil and he will give you the words to say. He will give you the understanding of the moment. He will give you the prayers to pray. He will tell you when to speak. He will tell you when to not speak. He can tell you whether to go left, whether to go right. He can pull you back. There's so many testimonies of soldiers who basically moved out of the way and a bomb blew up. You know, there's so many testimonies in the world of people who could have been killed in one way or another, but God rescued them. He will guide you and he will lead you. When you think about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, when Jesus lived here on earth, I was teaching at a Bible college this week, so I kind of got into this with him. When, when Jesus um, lived here on earth, you know, he didn't have a mailbox that said Jesus Christ on it, you know. <laughs> he was Yeshua ben Joseph. He was 
Yeshua, the son of Joseph, but he was the Christ. And then they started calling him the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, when you think about that, and you think about the word Lord, the Lord, the word Lord is the Yahweh of the Old Testament. And then Jesus was the name given to the Son of God when he was on the earth. And then he was the Christos. He was the Christ. And so pretty much every time you say, Lord Jesus Christ, you're pretty much saying Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right there. And, and when you walk in that power and in that name, God would do amazing things. Let's stand together and declare this one more time. We're going to go back to the school lesson here. By the way, you guys got an A plus last time. So we're going to do this one more time. We're going to stir it up. Okay, here we go. You ready? Okay. Stir up. Okay, you weren't ready. You weren't ready. Okay. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Stir up the gift of God in me. Okay, one more time. Stir up the gift of God in me. One more time. Stir up the gift of God in me. Yes, Lord. Do it, Lord. I want you now just to start calling out to God to stir up that gift in your life. Just stir up the gift. Ask him for the gifts, whatever it is you want. You really want a gift. Maybe you haven't even realized it yet, but you want a gift in this life, something maybe you don't even have. Let the Lord stir it up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.